Welcome to the Five Hole Podcast. We have the usual on hand for this one, starting our introductions with uh, King Conco. Hey, King Conco. In the house. Well said. And uh, G. Francis. G. Francis here, live and ready. Okay, and this is Bill Mopes, your host of the day. And right out of the gate, I think we'd like to discuss uh, G. Francis's recent take on hockey's entertainment value in the North Division. I believe it was in reaction to the February 4th Leafs-Canucks game, which was actually the first game between these two teams on the year, resulting in a pretty uh, stiff uh, victory for the Leafs over the Canucks 7-3. Had a lot of scoring chances and probably chances for more uh, goals than what were actually scored, Um, but was about as competitive as a blue and white game, I would say. So during the game... Uh, GC texted, and I quote, this division is boring. So let's start there. Could you elaborate, G. Francis? Sure. That was in in response to PC, P. Conco, King Conco, texting me saying, Vancouver is boring. And they certainly were. And I I texted back, the division is boring. Um, First off, if you canvassed fans league-wide, it's... It's probably not something just in the North Division. I think it's probably around the league. I think each division's watered down competitive-wise, limited access to good and entertaining players, and especially in a cap world. You know, there's a lot of fringe players at the bottom of the roster. So, I mean, the North Division has its share of star power, starting with McDavid, and I could rhyme off a bunch of them. But none of these teams... uh, could be described as powerhouses. It's a lot of mediocre teams in this division. And uh, these are the same teams that we're seeing over and over. Um, four big, uh, four biggest, uh, the teams in the West, the four teams, it, it's become apparent that they've never had a rivalry with the Leafs. Um, we see them about two or three times a season, usually at, you know, god-awful hours and faraway time zones. And... Um, you know, it's just like watching a team that you've never seen before. That's changing now. So um, for a guy who's been around for a while, just seeing an original six or even an original 12 matchup um, is something I'm missing in this division. You know, the uniforms and the histories, there's a certain buzz in the air. And in this environment, we've got two tired teams going at it three or four times in a row, especially at a point in the season um, that will never be mistaken for playoff hockey. You know, one more thing, I expect things to heat up as, as we move closer to the playoffs. But for now, this Canadian division is hard to watch. I, I'd have to say that I've always found the Canucks boring. I think the only time I ever found them interesting to watch was when they were in that final with the Rangers and Pat Quinn was behind the bench. And Pat Quinn was the most interesting part of that team. Um, I, like for years now, like through lineup changes and coaching changes, they've just been hard to hate you know my perception is that there's never they've never had any jam or toughness it's almost as if the laid-back attitude of the city has infected the team somehow and if you look at the like the greatest players in their history for example the Sedins, you know two like classy talented players who didn't have a mean bone in either of their genetically identical bodies and and I, I've never found them interesting. I, the color scheme even just makes me 
snooze, you know, blue and green, like whatever it was. I know they've had crazy uniforms over the years that probably were probably jolted my nervous system more than the the current color scheme. But but I, I really think that games involving Leafs Ottawa, Leafs even Ottawa, Leafs Montreal, Leafs Winnipeg, Leafs Edmonton are as a Leaf fan, I, I think they'll keep me entertained. But the other thing about this, and it's the elephant in the room, is like when you don't have people in the stands, like I think hockey is one of the most interactive and inspires, you know, the players are inspired and there's a feedback to the fans based on their actions. Like think of that fight the other night in that Leafs Canucks game, probably the most exciting part of the game. I mean, I actually kind of felt sorry for who was it? Who was, was it Besser who was standing up to, no, to ben. Simmons? Ben. Ben. Yeah, that's right. And I, I kind of felt sorry for the guy. I felt like, you know, this game's out of reach and he feels like he has to get into the ring with Simmons and it, it, and then there was um, Spetz's hat trick. Like, that would have been a huge moment in the game for the fans, feeding their, you know, like, uh, love to Spetsa, saying, fuck you, Babcock, for sitting him out the opening game last year. And it just would have been a good moment, even though I admit, like, Vancouver didn't put up any fight. And even if they do put up a fight, the only way they can put up a fight is by finesse and scoring goals i don't think they can ever really you know dominate a team physically but so is it all about the canucks or is it well, about the division because the, the canucks look they look terrible but they this the way they're playing this year should be a surprise to no one because they had a good run in the bubble how did they do that do you remember watching goalie. any of those they, games? Was that it? To Foley. They lost a bunch of uh, players well, to free agency this year. I mean, they were getting great, so, yeah. pretty good goaltending from Markstrom. And then, uh, what's the other guy? Demko. He got hot in the bubble. I mean, Christ, you, you just get hot. Like That's all you can say. I guess, And they've yeah. lost. They, they lost. As a Leaf fan, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but think about it. They've lost a key guy at every position from that yeah. team. They lost Markstrom. They lost Tanev. They lost to Foley. Did they replace them with anything, anything of value? Every team, every team in this division has star power and they have glaring weakness. Every yeah. single team. I mean, you're talking about the Oilers. You've probably got what? the two best guys in the league is it unfair to say that no on, right on up any there. on I'm... any on any on any given day that's the but... cap world though i mean name a team that's deep in in talent i mean you know most teams have one or two good players maybe three i mean maybe five but the bottom end of the lineup is weak 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 yeah. these guys wouldn't be in the league relatively speaking 20 years ago i think it says it all that the consensus pick to completely run away with this division from the start, from every pundit I ever read or listened to, was the Leafs. And yeah. if you're telling me that the Leafs are that great of a team, that just that just tells you where the division's at. Exactly. And, and, and the so so the hockey isn't 
spectacular. You've got some spectacular players. But the bottom line is, I feel like, personally, and I think I was the guy who instigated this thing, I'm the, <laughs> I just feel like I'm watching the 10 o'clock Saturday night game on Hockey Night in Canada every night. And it's like two teams that I kind of am into, but not really. And I'm just watching it because I like hockey. And I'm going, this is like boring as hell, man. Well, and is it that we were spoiled with the Leafs in the same division as Tampa and Boston, even though Absolutely. those two, those two Absolutely. teams guaranteed the Leafs never advancing? But it was a lot better matchups on a week-to-week basis during the regular season. It, it's, it's, it, for me, it's as simple as this. It's like... I mean, we're seeing some good players. Don't don't get me wrong, but we're seeing them all the time, and it's just like I, I thought this would be, I thought this would be spectacular, but right. ten twelve games in, I'm going, it's like Groundhog Day. It's like oh man, not the Flames again. I think <laughs> you know, I think or... a lot of people compared it to playoff hockey. Like you know, you could go in and have a, th- a three or four game series during the season. Um, but you can't manufacture the desperation and heated battles of playoffs. You know, when these teams are are tired and playing way too much hockey in a short period of time. And, and then, you know, I'm, I'm done with the, the truculence era, but the lack of fights and big hits just, just adds to the board. Yeah, there's certainly no, well, actually, we've probably seen more fights than, than we've, been used to frankly with Simmons actually giving yeah, us we, two we've seen two. fights but two and ten games yeah but again I I think one of the reason why those fights you know I mean they're they were interesting to watch but without fans going nuts again they kind of lose their 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 edge and their it's got a beer league intensity yeah yeah, yeah. well I mean the way in and, which and, and eleven thirty p.m. beer league intensity. <laughs> yeah, what? Like half the guys don't show up. Yeah, and, and nobody's uh, girlfriend shows up. <laughs> Do you think the yeah? Right. Well, here here's here's something that I looked up today because I was thinking about like what's what's going on with the hockey. So doing the uh, doing the math, I decided that. If if this if the gold standard for goal scoring is fifty goals in a regular season, if you extrapolate that down to fifty six, so anybody who's getting thirty five goals is scoring fifty is, is on a fifty level. is on a fifty goal clip right? is a rocket Richard candidate. Yeah. So <laughs> so right now, um, I just went through the the stats and. Based on goals per the number of games played, there are, I think, 15 guys who are on 50 goal who are, clips who are on that pace. Yeah. Well, I think is Matthews leading the league at this point? No, Toffoli is. Is he really? Eh? That won't keep up. No way. Well, even even he said so himself the other night. Yeah. yeah. Hey. No, good for him. <laughs> but, no, did you see that interview? It was great. They go. You're leading. They're leading the leading. They're, you're leading the leading in scoring. They say to him, and he goes, "That's still early." And he laughed. I know you're. I know you guys are sick of hearing me say this, but honestly, since the last time I said it, I've probably heard three more guys on the radio say the Montreal Canadiens are the best team in the division. And every time I hear it, I just think, "You just wait. Those guys are going to be spinning like they are." 
going to go into a, a bad streak because they don't have the team to support that record. But those tilts should be interesting. I'm just worried that the Leafs are going to fall asleep playing Vancouver. And then when we finally play Montreal, which is right on the heels of that, that we'll be used to this beer league level of intensity. And Well, and... You, you could say the same thing about, I mean, um, I, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the Habs have played Vancouver five times, I think. Yeah, already. I know. That's right. So Are they 5-0? I mean, yeah, probably right. I think yeah. I believe there's, so. There's their big season right there. Well, that's this is exactly this is exactly my point. Is we just we just saw the other day how incredibly weak Vancouver is, and I think if you're playing a team two or three games in a row, I don't think it's reasonable to expect that you're going to win every one. But when you're playing Vancouver as the Leafs are these days, I, yeah. I con considerably would think that it's possible for that to happen because the Leafs, Vancouver's awful. That's the whole thing with this whole... Are they worse than Ottawa? Well, well, they are in will, terms of time, effort. Time and... will tell. Time will tell yeah. because because the Habs, is, as Bill just said, you know, you get used to playing Vancouver a bunch of times. And then you play Ottawa. And then, and then you run into Ottawa, who's won one game, and they take you. So, you know. I think Ottawa is going to wake up every time they play Toronto and every time they play Montreal. and They always do. Yeah. Like last, you know, last game. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head early on in this discussion when you pointed out, and it's not even a thought that I'd actually had, that there really is no rivalry between vancouver and toronto edmonton and toronto edmonton and toronto yeah Calgary. Leafs in the like, west just there just is no rivalry we don't between, see him between east and west any of those teams speaking of west i just wanted i want to make the point in vancouver's defense that nobody was less looking forward to a, a north division alignment than that team being the only ones out on the left coast having to change time zones for every away game um They've, they've got it tough. So, yeah. you know, yeah, that's a lack of talent, point. lack of talent aside, they've got a tough schedule and no, tougher that, than anyone else. That's true. And they're the ones who are going to be playing most of these three game series. Like the, you know, the Leafs can hop back and forth to Montreal and Ottawa when they're playing them by you know, train with, with another yeah with another team still in toronto you know waiting to play them but like when vancouver's on a trip they're committed to you know the teams that they're playing it's 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 going to it's not going to work well for them you're you're absolutely right i hadn't even really considered the lack of parity in that way now, the upside for them could be, you know, you settle into a town for six days, you're going to get more NHL practice time than than the other teams. And that's what the coaches always go on about, you know, not having time to practice. You're just, it's maintenance, right? You're resting. You got a game every other day. Um, and you're, you're traveling here or there or everywhere in this fine country of ours. But uh, a, I don't know. Big maybe, maybe they'll figure it out at some point. You know, we're here for six days. We'll get it together. Well, I'd, I'd also think that 
when they're on a homestand, they're going to be on a long homestand too. So, yeah, I do. One other thing about Vancouver, if I could just interject, uh, Bill Moogs was mentioning earlier, like, you know, we all agree they're boring, but I do recall, I'm not sure when mid, you know, 2010, 12, they had a reputation as one of the most detested teams in the NHL. Um, not that we'd know it. And why they, was that? I remember that, but I don't know why. Guys like Kessler and Burroughs and Bieska. I'm not really sure why either. I mean, I just know that they had that reputation. And didn't they go to a cup final somewhere in that yeah, era? Yeah, well, they, they went to the cup final against Boston, and they were completely despised. D- completely. Um, yeah. yeah. Universally. So the Sedins were there and, and also uh, Kessler, right? And oh, Kessler yeah. all, was really all, the all source guys. of Burroughs was another one, right? Kessler well, and Burroughs are the first yeah. guys. And our and our buddy Bieska probably was, you know, not... not are, you, are you pulling a Don Cherry? Isn't it Bieksa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. I guess I am. I like no, it. Actually, I had, I had no, a cookie I, I in my mouth. I know you're doing it on purpose. I like it. <laughs> he's he's got a... You know what? This... As uh, yeah, as as time goes by, I think your hatred for BX is gonna just kind of come out in every episode, or Bieska, or whatever the fuck the guy's name is. Yeah, who cares what his name is? We all know you hate him. Well, I remember that series clearly. I remember at the start thinking I was pulling for for the Canucks, and something happened over the course because I think weren't they weren't they up weren't they up three to two, and then they lost the last two games. I think that's how, and then there was the riot. They were definitely at one point in time. They were definitely the the West team I like to watch the most. I mean, I, I don't know. They, I never really, I never really hated them. I used to see a lot of those late night. Uh, yeah, the doubleheader. Their their, their their start times were well situated for a doubleheader, and and I yeah. saw a lot of them too. I mean, the game would be on. I'm not saying I would watch it, but it would be on kind of thing, and. But I think guys like Kessler were resented just for their, like, spray-on tans or something. I think it was like a sort of a prima donna team that they were resented for. And I think Burroughs was maybe a bit of a cheap shot artist. Well, he and, definitely was. And Kessler, if in, once again, in Vancouver's defense, would probably be despised on any team he was on. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's just that kind of player. You know, you, you, I remember in his younger days, kind of thinking, you know, this guy, he's got a little bit of everything that you need. And then, you know, he, he didn't have a problem being a jerk. So he's easy to hate. I just remember he was on the, like the front cover of fitness magazine or something like that. Like, or, or else he was in some nude photo shoot (laughs) and and, and and the Canucks are just going, Oh man. If they hated us before, they're really going to hate us now. I remember that was well. They did. They it was after they lost their uh, their gay icon uh, Pavel. You know they needed somebody to replace him. Right. Oh right. man. Okay. The lawsuits are coming. Yeah. That's that's a fact. Oh, the gap. See, I'm telling you, when he when he got traded to the Panthers, he was like. I know, didn't realize the Russian rocket meant that. I didn't say he was gay. I said he was loved by the gay community. Well, no, no, I'm just saying. I can't believe we spent this much time talking about a boring team like Vancouver when the hated Habs have, have 
taken up so little. Yeah, but you know what? You know, you know as well as I do that it's just because the beloved Leafs haven't played them enough for you two to get your backs all fucked up and <laughs> start say start talking crazy. Nothing, nothing bothers King Conco in this. In this. Well, in this. no, I'm a no, I'm a I'm a fan of the game. I, I my my days of just blindly loving the Leafs are so far removed. Oh, we well, that's that. good. So thank you for being that counterpoint. Um, maybe we should move on. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, a brand new segment. Brand new. Howdy's <laughs> gentlemen. I want to be clear. These rules, perceived as harsh by many, are my gift to you, not the individual, but to you, the team. Okay, now it's time to play Lose Rules, the game where you become Lou Lamorello and the least forever are your team. That was like, I felt like I was watching a game show. Well, it is a game show, It is man. a game show. Well, yeah, I guess it is. Well, I'll go with door number three. Lose rule number one. There will be absolutely no towel flicking and or giggling in or around the shower area. Tavares, I warned you about this before and I will not tolerate it. <laughs> that is definitely you know, gold. One I thing that, that you are you are raising the the specter of Lou showing up in the shower area. Which <laughs> what? Whatever. You think that's not possible? That's for inspection. Everybody touched their toes. That's rule number that's rule number one B. Okay, no, hold on, hold on. Lou's rule number two. Mana, did you not see me? Where in Lord's name was the genuflect and the sign of the cross? Six Hail Marys now Was that Mana? Ma yeah, mana. 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 Mitch or was Mitchell he, Mana. Was he talking to his mama? Mitchell <laughs> Mana. <laughs> Okay, well, are we ready yeah, for yeah. rule number three? I, I know, I'm re I am so ready. Lose rule number three. Gentlemen, during morning inspection of team-issued white terry cloth robes, any found staining or discoloration will result in confiscation and placement in the Guy Kinnear bin, where you will spend team him period scrubbing and bleaching. Is that... Is that bin like dedicated to Guy Kinnear? <laughs> Obviously. Oh I thought it was God. Guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Is it Guy Kinnear? Yeah, it's Guy Kinnear, isn't it? Okay, okay, dyslexia. Well, no, Lou wouldn't know that, right? Yeah, he would have called him Guy. Because he probably thinks we're all French Canadians. All right. There you go. We got a new segment. We're calling it the Gordon Lightfoot. And it's if you could change one thing about the NHL or hockey in general, what would that be? Interestingly, I think most of these topics will be related to the NHL as an entertainment product. But uh, who knows? So who wants to go first? Uh, Mr. Conco? Yeah, sure, man. If you could change one thing, what would it be? This is This is a very in some people's minds probably a very simplistic thing but as a lover of the aesthetic of the game and watching most other sports do this i don't know why we have to have the the dark versus white color scheme i want to see color on color 
I think it's uh, you know the NBA's done it. I don't I don't see guys passing to the wrong guy because they're wearing the uh, the dark uniform when they used to be wearing the white. You want you, every team's got about four uniforms. Start wearing them, man. Like, yeah, you know why not? Those reverse retros that they've made such a fuss over. The teams are wearing those six times this year. Now in the now in the case of the Leafs, I couldn't care less if they wore them again, which I know isn't uh, consensus in the in the uh, five hole podcast. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like, come on, you've got. You've got all sorts of. Uh, are there home and away reverse retros? No, some teams are dark, some teams are white. Like Edmonton, when the Leafs wore theirs in Edmonton, they were both wearing their reverse retro. It's not right. like they have another one. So the Edmonton reverse retro is basically a well, I guess you don't call it a home white. It's an away white color scheme. Well, that's the thing. Um, obviously, every team's going to wear those. For certain games, they some I, I'm sure most of them will be home, but yeah. not all. And uh, I say, you know, like, come on, man! Like, you've got I see it in every other sport. I see it in the NBA. I certainly see it in soccer. Like, it's it's ridiculous that they don't do it. Like, I don't care about tradition. They've they've already gone way past, you know, the wool sweaters, as. Uh, G. Francis would call them. Is it G. Charlie Francis, by the way? I always meant to ask you that. No, no, no relation. <laughs> Although I used to uh, train with him. I used to train with him. He, he did stick a needle in my bum once. Is it Francis King Conco? Well, you, sure you know what? Name? I was actually, my, my, my actually birth name was Frank, actually. Right. I thought it was the spanish francesco <laughs> no 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 actually no spanish blood here as you can tell by my my very calm demeanor there's no hothead in uh, king conco <laughs> yet my take on the uniforms if i could just just interject here is is you know you know me i'm a traditionalist i don't mind third uniforms i fourth uniforms i think take it too far i think clearly there's money to be made, and it reeks of marketing. If there's a good one, I love it. But the fact that everybody has to follow suit when these bloody things come up, I'm not interested in seeing really bad uniforms. And I think you get as many bad ones as good ones. So right. keep it to, you know, you're still going to sell them, but keep keep it to, like, really? Do you want to get to the point where it's so washed down that, you know, some kids don't even know what the real uniform looks like? Because they kind of wear four uniforms equally through a season. I'm not even. I'm not even suggesting that. If the Leafs want to wear whatever they want to wear at home, anytime, anytime, right? That's what you're saying. But that's what's going to happen. It's going to be man. This one's flying off the shelves, uh, says Shanahan. You know, order down. We're we're wearing that fourth jersey now for the next three weeks. I mean, what's to stop a team from doing that? I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure. Well, look, I admit not every uniform is great. I don't think actually my idea was based on the fact that every uniform is great. It was more based on the fact that they exist. I mean, you're absolutely right. Why do you think they keep introducing these things? It's it's to make money so the fans will buy them. And I'm not 
insinuating in any way that I think everyone is good. Some of them are, are horrifying. Well, think about your favorite sport, uh, the NFL. There's no, like, you know, think of the Cowboys, for instance. They, they wear white almost all the time. Uh, always at home. Almost always. Breaking and news. Then, and, and then they NFL wear them. NFL is lo- G. Francis's favorite sport. It, it is, and then it. they wear them, and then they wear them on the road almost all the time because most. I teams thought he was talking to you, Moogs. Were... Actually, I really did. <laughs> that was for me. NFL is my favorite. I'm sorry, sport. I was I was at the door getting a pizza. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I had the must... mute button on, but realized that I had muted you. Uh, no, I think what King. I think what King Conco was saying at the outset was that he would like to see a tilt between the Leafs and the Habs, where the Habs wear their classic, normal, red-based uniforms, and the Leafs wear their normal home blues. Right? Yeah. Isn't that what you're saying? 100%. Think about about the rod hockey games you had when you were a, a kid. Leafs, Habs. Were they, uh, were they, was one team wearing white? No. They were wearing red against blue. Yeah, I mean, red against blue, I bet that would show up better in the corner of your eye than... You know where I just thought of this? I I have no argument with that either, but you know where this probably came from? Black and white TV. Yeah. It probably came from black and white TV. You're right. Wow. Okay, you know what? End of story. There it is. Zenith. I have to get a color set. You're right, because I'm. <laughs> if this ever catches on, I won't be able to tell who the fuck's on what team. Mogusby, and... why do you think your Grey Cup parties are so badly attended? <laughs> I thought it was just the the lack of of munchies. I thought it was the shit. Yeah, the shitty food. Well, you must be you must be firing up a big uh, feast for the the upcoming Super Bowl. Have you started oh, yeah. Yet? No, we've got, we've got the pot going in the backyard right now. I mean, oh, the, the pot of chili. The smoker. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I, I couldn't really tell where you're going. Um, I, have to, I have to interject, though, on the Leafs. Well, first of all, let me ask this. What does reverse retro mean? Ask the NHL marketing department. Well, yeah, that's end of story. What does it mean? Marketing. I mean, technically, I suppose the, I don't know, if you really want me to get into this. I mean, I think the, the, the concept <laughs> was you take you take some old, you know, the retro part, some old jersey, and then start flipping the colors around. I mean, some, some teams have just literally done that. Hmm. Like you saw it with the Habs last night. Looked pretty sharp, I thought. But, I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes you, you know, and then you've got a bad example like New Jersey, as you two said. What does reverse retro mean? Uh, Adidas. Right. But does it mean that retro is the name for the third jersey of the Leafs? No. Uh, I just think this particular... Well, what is... Do the Leafs... See, we've lost track. What is the third jersey of the Leafs? Do the Leafs have a third jersey well, this I year? Well, I thought they I don't did. Think that, I don't think they, they do. certainly have. So is this the official third jersey of the NHL this year? No, some this some teams it's their fourth jersey. Yeah. Like if if other teams already had a third jersey, they the didn't have and have nots. They didn't mothball it. Well, I'm just saying, like you've got teams basically who never had a third jersey like New Jersey, like 
Detroit. Arizona. They've actually yeah, got one jersey, Arizona. and they're tattered. <laughs> anyway, I, th- I think I think we might want to move on to uh, the next another. One? Yeah, not maybe. Okay. We I think we might have beat the uniform okay. thing to death. <laughs> okay. Next on the list with his take on if you could change one thing, that would be G. Francis. Yeah, mine is right down to the game. Um, And what I can't understand is why marginal obstruction penalties, like, say, a slight tap on the hands in the neutral zone, are called so often when flagrant and dangerous obstruction infractions, like a brutal cross-check from behind to an offensive player standing in the crease or outside the crease, rarely, if ever, gets called. That's it's so it. easy. It's so easy for you to say as a guy who delivered more than a few chops to the wrists over his yeah. playing career. Exactly. It's. I mean, it's like let's the whole running. You the power never play. thought it was fair. It's you reverse it retro. Fair. It's reverse retro. It's like metro. You were like Messier. That I mean, way. I get the league is trying to protect goalies, but refs could be just as vigilant. Uh, vigilant. Jeez, Biesca. <laughs> <laughs> What a, t- what a t- that's my that's my new fuck my profanity in this show. Biaska, go Biaska yourself. This is <laughs> okay. What a time for your dyslexia to kick in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean they could be calling penalties, you know, in the crease for minimal contact. Um. I understand they got to protect goalies, but it seems like they don't value the net front presence the way they they value other skills, such as a, a puck carrier. I'm more offended by the fact that they call the a tap on the glove that basically does nothing. Well, me too. Than, That's more than I'm offended that they don't call the cross check, which I know seems a little bit backwards but i think some some of those slashing penalties are ridiculous but some of those cross checks are ridiculous too and i mean no i know they are but so i'm just saying but yeah i'm not disagreeing i mean those neutral I'm just zone more, i'm just more offended by the penalties the penalties that are called than the ones that aren't called i guess is what i'm saying like you can you can justify it in some way and saying well those cross checks have been part of the game forever but these taps on the gloves are ridiculous like they're just ridiculous well i think alex kerfoot would definitely uh be chiming oh God, in at yeah. this point like Boy. what was that penalty is he, that he is got he called? Lead, is he leading the league in penalties yet because he seems to get three a game <laughs> i know that one was so ridiculous i think there were two leafs who had their sticks each in one hand and they just kind of brushed the glove <laughs> of the Canuck who was ah. skating along. And then they pointed their finger at Kerfoot and gave him two minutes. And That's then like ridiculous. 10 minutes later, or maybe it was before that, someone just drove him face first into the boards. <laughs> like, I mean, the ref was looking right at it and didn't call it. They had the camera over the ref's shoulder and then Kerfoot, you know, downstream from that in the shot, and he was being driven face first into the boards, and the ref was looking right at the play and didn't call it. And then, like, five minutes later, he gives him that brush on the glove penalty. It was crazy. Now, 
anyone who is not familiar with the NHL and just dropped in to watch the game and look at that would be going, what? What is, how, what, what's legal and what's illegal in this sport? I don't understand. It makes, it makes you wonder whether Kerfoot, you know, being the Harvard grad and all, is just a real mouthy guy. Like, he must be, is he yeah. mouthy? Is he saying sarcastic shit to these refs? Right. And they just, they're just but throwing they the book him. at him? Yeah. Because yeah. he's not, he doesn't have a reputation as a dirty player. No, no, uh, he's, he's no hacker Kondowski from uh, Beer League lore. No. He, yeah, he doesn't. Uh, or a diver, it, you know. He's not a diver, no. He's, he's not a guy that the average fan would go, I can't stand that guy. Well, how about how about this how about this uh, angle? I mean, do you think it's you've got the same teams playing each other over the you know over the course of this season, and you've got the same refs over That's, and over again? Yeah. You know, is that does that enter into it? I don't know. Maybe they're just kind of sick of this guy, or maybe they just don't like the way he plays. You know, I don't know. It's maybe Kerfoot's more of a hacker than we think. Although I have to say, Bill. As you said, some of the stuff called on that guy, you you know, I, if I keep expecting his eyes to like literally roll back into his head. Yeah. And and, and he's going to swallow his tongue and then they'll, they'll need to get like people out on the ice to help him. Anyway, um, so I have one now. Uh, my what I would change. And I, I really think this is the change because, I mean, it goes to just um the silly standings that we have to deal with the inability for teams to catch up on others via victory and to the integrity of the sport and that's the overtime loss point or the shootout point that the losing team gets i mean just get rid of it just get rid of it a win is a win it's two points and if you lose in regulation, if you lose in overtime, or if you lose in a shootout, you don't get any points. I mean, too bad. I know the shootout is kind of gimmicky. If you think it's too gimmicky to have it be a legitimate win, then I guess you could go to three points for a win in regulation and maybe overtime and two points and one point for the victor in a shootout and the loser in a shootout do that but the way it is now go to go to a bookie and say okay this is how we're going to organize our league and he'd go well that's stupid because these two teams could get together and say okay we need two points and you guys need one point so why don't we just play to a tie and then you guys can win in overtime and i mean i'm not saying that could happen but they never would have devised such a system back in the 20s or something like that when probably there wasn't as much oversight over things. It just is an obvious infringement and compromise in the competitive integrity of the game. I, and, and also just makes it silly and complicated to keep track of. And, uh, you know, just get over it. You, you've come up with a way to decide the games. You want all the games to be decided, so decide them. I, I watch a lot of hockey, and I still find the point system convoluted. I still don't really understand it almost. I mean, I do, but I totally agree. Get rid of the the, uh, the present system. I think we should just go back to two points for a win, zero for a loss, and one for a tie. Okay, so what Totally was, agree. How do you totally get a tie, agree. then? You, you tie. tie. There's, there's no fucking overtime. Yeah, one overtime. point for a tie. Let's... Oh, you don't go to overtime. No, it's just... That's the bullshit. It's that you know what? Who, who decided that 
every game had to be won. Like, you know, sometimes the tie is what the game should be. I, I think it's nonsense. If they had just left it the way it was, none of the stuff that you said would enter into it. And I think under the current circumstances, any, uh, any le legitimate uh, tournament does the 3-2-1 yeah. point system. Because you have to. Because yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, have, two teams you could have conspire to, to get. You what have they need. to because that's what you created. There was no need in my mind. Like I don't know. I, I think three on three, three on three overtime and shootouts. That's not. That's not NHL hockey, man. I don't compare the two though. I mean, I'll take three on three because at least it's still hockey. The shootout, I could completely. Yeah. Just no, abandon. I agree with that. It just it's just wrong. Three on yeah. three is exciting. And it ends the games most often. And if anything, I would I would add a few more minutes of three and three before I spend the same amount of time in a shootout. Um, so that would be my second choice. But yeah, I'm okay going right back to uh, yeah. one point for a tie. Yeah, I haven't even I didn't even consider this that, that you guys would react this way because I guess I just assume that everyone likes the game to be decided. Anyway, yeah. Okay, well, that's, that's, uh, that is our first go-round with the Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, actually, I, I thought you were going to say if you could read my mind, I was going to go, I, I have no idea what you're going to say. I'm going to open this letter right here from one William Shore from Belleville, Ontario. No, I'm joking. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I thought we were going to the mailbag. <laughs> we... <laughs> well, no, we, that's, that's, that's next segment. Or that's save next that. Uh, episode. Save that. Yeah, Save yeah. that. We'll start yeah. with that. Lillian Shore from Belleville, Ontario. Is Lillian. Good, but we're good not going to give that out tonight. Yeah, save that letter. Good yeah, that's good for Lillian. next time. Like That'll that. be good for next time. Viewer mailbag. Although I don't know if we have any viewers. but Listener mailbag. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got, I've got a, a bag full of mailbag. That's great. Anyway, that's, uh, that's uh, I think, the show for this week. And uh, what a show. Yeah.